Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So, Joel, thanks for joining us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fantastic. And you're calling in from Vancouver, it sounds like. Yes, that's Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying to the person who um, is is behind the glass door here, the glass window, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're calling to Canada. It's an international show. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, sort of, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, it's... Uh, Let's say uh, Canada's uh, Canada's stock is rising in current uh, North American uh, conditions. It sure is. It's looking better and better every day. I think to a lot of people. Um, yeah. 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 So. Um, so. I um, am so excited to have you on on the show because I had been thinking about wanting to have some more investors on the show, and then here yeah. you are. It's just fantastic. Well, I I don't know what to say about that. I'm yeah. glad you're happy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you were just saying before we came on the show that you've been you've been investing in organics for a long time. I have. It was driven by a health diagnosis of uh, genetic kidney disease oh that my. came through my uh, father and his line, and when diagnosed. They said, uh, you could die soon, you could live long, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Well, be, well, being a, uh, what do you call it, a, uh, a privileged North American, I, 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 of course, thought, well, that can't be true. There must be something I can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I started to learn more about the kidney, and I realized it filters the blood. And when I thought about my blood, I thought, well, then what I'm eating and breathing and all that kind of thing is going to is going to affect me. So I started reading labels. But I had to go into a health food store for the first time. Right. And that was daunting. Mm-hmm. They were pretty, you know, those were They were weird. Places. Right. This is yeah. when. This was when. 1980. Yeah, right. Right. So they were the like, little, it was kind of odd people who worked there too, right? And little <laughs> and yeah, it was hard back then. And so I walked in, I, I mustered up my courage, I walked in, I went through the store, I spotted peanut butter, I bought it, and I went back out, and I got across the street, and I said, okay, what was all that stuff? Right. And that was that was the beginning, but mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, it, it took. I, I, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I, I learned there, when I would go back home there, that the uh, Seventh-day Adventists... Uh, had a concentration of of population near Chattanooga, and there was a grocery store that sold uh, non meat products. <laughs> you know, Isn't back that in, back interesting? In, yeah, yeah, and uh, all kinds of vegetarian things, and that was part of part of the beginning. But but I'll shrink the story and say, within a few years, I had inherited a, a small amount of money, and I wanted it to go into things that mattered. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to an old friend who had a a revolving uh, loan fund Mm -hmm. in New England. And I said, I know you're supporting affordable housing initiatives, but uh, I want to do something that has to do with my health. And uh, do you have anything involved with organic foods? And he said, well, there's a a small farm, a small farm institute that wants to prove that small family farms are still important and they have five cows and they're not for profit and they're making yogurt and they need they need a loan uh-huh and so so i said okay i'll i'll, I'll give them twenty five thousand dollars and uh i got a phone call from this guy in new hampshire and he said uh, we've decided we're selling yogurt too fast. We'll never be able to build this as a not-for-profit. We're going to become a for-profit. Will you invest? Uh-huh. And I said, sure thing. And uh-huh. I got lucky and ended up in Stonyfield Farm Yogurt Isn't with the first five cows. crazy? 
with the first five cows. That is unbelievable, right? That's like as an if you're an investor, those are the stories that we all like. You know, you just wish you would have one of them, right? And that was your first. Well, well, then I got I ended up uh, seeking out where is the world that looks at these things, right? And we're we're into the early '80s, and the uh, I, I ended up at the first meeting of the Social Venture Network. Okay, where Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry, and uh, uh, a, a number of let's just say the the early mm-hmm. uh, crazy people they right. were considered crazy that yeah. were doing organics and that grew and grew and led to all you know other networks and organizations but another great story was walking by a table where Jeffrey Hollander was making a pitch to a, a group of people Isn't that- and I, that was the opportunity to put $50,000 into seventh generation oh my and yeah so those were those weren't smarts those were lucky yep but they got me. Uh, they got me to believe in it. Mm-hmm. And today, today I run with my partner and a good group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mission venture capital uh, fund that invests in organic food and environmental technologies. Mm-hmm. That is so fascinating. So I am somebody who's old enough to have to remember those companies when they were young, right? So it's fun to work with young entrepreneurs now who don't remember the beginnings of those brands, right? So yeah. it's super fun to to see what has happened over the years with those brands. It's amazing. It Back is. in the day when it was all fringy, right? And now it's kind of the mainstream in a way. Yeah, today at our office we uh we've been looking at plant-based uh, food companies sure. and so we just did a taste test of of a number of different brands that we've been talking to and mm-hmm. uh you know and then and then we had the jackfruit uh you know our jackfruit uh mm-hmm. samples and all that kind of thing. So the field has really grown and you've seen Expo West and the large gatherings that the first time I think had twenty five or fifty tables. Right, right. And now you, you you know you cannot make it through all the booths unless you're just fanatically dedicated to right, it. Right, right. It takes a stimulant of some kind because you it goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I was there last year and I thought, you know, if I had launched Tara's Way, I'm glad I did when I did. I launched it at Expo in 2009 and the show mm-hmm. was kind of dead because it was 2009, right, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just like, whoa, there's so much going on. It's crazy. So um, I think it would be really useful for people who listen to this show to just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what your fund does and and uh, specifically, but also just like what a fund does, because I'll, I'll have yeah. people talk to me and say, well, I'm going to get a venture capital fund and they're going to invest in me. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little early um, to be asking venture capital for money. So helping people distinguish between what an angel investor might do and what a venture capital fund might do would be super helpful. Right. I will say that, and you you probably know this also, that the uh, shopping by the investors is going into earlier and early stage Mm -hmm. because the field has gotten so successful. And organic and natural food is a giant industry, yet of course, still tiny compared right. to mainstream food. So you're seeing big food. I'll come back to your question, but I just yep. you're seeing big food losing shelf space mm-hmm. and losing market share, and now attempting to buy up companies uh, as soon as they show signs of, of promise. Mm-hmm. Now that's still that's that's not that's not generally startup. But here's here's uh, a quick sketch from my point of view. What I described when I invested in Stonyfield Seventh Generation, and I wanted to say I just took a I just took a swallow from my stimulant, which is guayaki yerba mate, perfect. Um, which I also found early, and I just I, I was at Bioneers conference mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you may know about. I do. They yeah. Were, they were there, you know, making mate, uh, making latte, mate lattes, Isn't and that, that kind of thing. Isn't that crazy? 
early on, and I was just so captivated by the by the crew and what they were up to, and by the uh, pleasant effects of, of uh, my coffee alternative. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I also got in there early on, and and they've they've come a long way, but. I just I just say they're they're not at the Stonyfield and seventh generation level, but I predict they will be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so angel so so the first round of funding typically comes friends and family. Right. Nowadays we have a wide system of incubators and accelerators and and all the universities and all over the place. You can step in as an entrepreneur and find yourself training and be with other entrepreneurs, talk about it. And some of these are focused on food now. They're focused on different issues. So there's starting to be an an ecosystem and infrastructure to support early-stage companies, mm-hmm. like beginning companies. Right. And and But the first money that uh, usually happens is people think about who do they know and who, who in the family will take a bet on them and that kind of thing. So you scrape together a bit of money. We now have crowdfunding, mm-hmm. which is another option. It's you don't just uh, get magic money. You got to work hard for it t- there too. But there are ways to get your your early startup money, and even uh, governments are getting into uh, understanding that if they want to see economic development in their city, their state, their country, uh, they're they're starting to invest in these systems also. So it is there is a bit more available now. But you're competing with so many more uh, uh, impassioned entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So you go through that stage and you do what you have to to get enough money and, and, and kind of prove the concept, get a brand developed or uh, your, whatever. You might not be a, 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 a consumer product, but you got to get the first stages done. And then you can start talking to people that are angels, and angels tend to be folks that okay the founders of those early companies are now investors in lots of other mm-hmm. early stage companies as they get their success and they maybe sell their company or or uh, raise a lot of money or get very profitable um their favorite investing is often to go back into uh, the industry that they came out of so there you you get you get a lot of angels that way and other angels are people that made money maybe they're retired now and they find it really stimulating uh, and engaging to listen to pitches of younger companies and then maybe to get advised uh, get involved as an advisor or a board member and so you move into that kind of angel mm-hmm. and uh, seed level mm-hmm. and seed money is like you would do with uh, seeds to grow food. Mm-hmm. Um, people believe that they put fifty thousand dollars, or a hundred thousand, or twenty-five thousand, and seed now, and you get into big technology, might even be a million dollars. Sounds a yeah. little crazy, but it's real. Okay, so you get through that phase, and then you get to the venture capitalists, typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in in here in um, in Wisconsin, we. Um, um, when I did Tara's Way, I had to raise $14 million because I would build a plant, right? So I had a lot of debt in yeah. that, too. Um, but I had to raise a couple million. And we didn't really – now, this was 2008, kind of that time frame. We didn't really have um, – we definitely didn't have a dedicated venture fund for, um, for the sector here. Um, but right. we had private equity folks, and we had some – I guess you would call it family office folks who, who – yes who were the people who really understood, um, like maybe they, they sold, they, as you said, they made money because they sold the family food business, which we have a lot of that in Wisconsin. So that, those were, those were my investors and they were, they were definitely acting like angels, right? They weren't organized into any kind of fund. There wasn't, it was me aggregating a bunch of individual people, right? To get that equity in. Um, so, so in in the world that you are operating in right now, um, you have a staff that helps you evaluate things. And do you raise? Right. Is it is the money raised into a fund then when you're when in for venture capital like you? Yes, we are effectively doing the aggregation that you did as an individual, right. and we do it professionally. So we put together a pool of money. 
we go out and we're now working on our fourth one. You go out and you talk to everybody that uh, you can figure out who has money, who you got connections to, or can get mm-hmm. introductions to, or get in front of, and you pitch your case. Mm-hmm. So we are an entrepreneur, as Terra Foods was. We are renewal funds, and our product is we will get you, we will create a portfolio of companies mm-hmm. in the issue areas that we're focused on, mm-hmm. and you don't. You don't have to do anything about right. it. You just you benefit from from our work, and our goal is to make you an above market rate of return. Mm-hmm. And if people in venture capital can prove that to the investment world, to the bigger investment world, then they take that next part of the ecosystem and can be the ones who come in. We call ourselves early growth stage. Mm-hmm. And we won't, We look at companies that are already at one to two million of sales or larger. Mm-hmm. And so that's t- often where venture capital fits in in the food world, mm-hmm. a, roughly that scale. Now, because of the increased uh, demand for organics and, and clean food, you're seeing competition from the products, Mm -hmm. from the retailers and the outlets, and then the venture capitalists are competing to get into the uh, things that are, that look like the, you know, most likely to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so it's, there's there's this kind of food chain that there's venture capital, you mentioned private equity and family offices. And so there, there are actually these, if you're not somebody that works in these worlds, you can't believe how many pots of money there actually right, are right. that are that are out there hunting. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's who's a um, managing partner of a private equity fund around here that is in our space, and he he came back from Expo West last year, and he said I was it was so depressing just because everybody I know who is got money for the sector was there. It was like. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, there's so many people doing investment in our sector now, which is so amusing to me because I I work so much with entrepreneurs, right, who feel like there's no money anywhere. I this is a, a lot of the way the world is, and you until you and uh, you know if you just you just kind of come up with a good idea yourself, mm-hmm. and it looks like a, a barren landscape. You uh, you get yourself into the ecosystem of a different issue area or mm-hmm. a different part of finance or something like that, and then you go to conferences that have. You can go to a venture capital conference that's got thousands and thousands of different venture capital funds right. there. Like who knew they were all there? It's crazy. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. it's crazy. So, what do you look for in companies? Like you said, you were you were doing tasting some stuff today, so you care about the food, right? Well, well you heard me say we are a mission venture capital right. firm and that organics and environmental technologies and uh, we also talk about uh, uh, healthy households mm-hmm. uh, so green mm-hmm. green households as it's a low toxic uh, kinds of or no toxic uh, kinds of substances mm-hmm. so mission venture capital is meant to send a signal Venture capital's gotten a bit of a bad reputation with the entrepreneurs, and it gets called vulture capital. Right. And that has to do with the fact that people that are driven to maximize every penny, just like the entrepreneur probably is, but their job is in finance, uh, can you know be pretty rough and tumble mm-hmm. uh, historically. So with any investor, you want to interview them as much as they're interviewing you. Really, because mm-hmm. you're 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 getting into a kind of a marriage, right? And you want to be sure when you get married, you choose well, mm-hmm. and that you're with partners that you want to be with. So, mission venture capital, though uh, we can't, that doesn't prove that we're <laughs> easier people to deal with on on the surface of it. That you have to go get references and uh, meet and talk and ask good questions. But mission venture capital signals that. We what we care about first is that the product or the service actually matter to making the world safer, cleaner, and more fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all that we we screen out or screen for 
the best actors. And that is, that's not just a group of smart uh, salespeople who figured out that there's a hot trend and they jump in. I, I want to know what the actual values and meaning and purpose is of the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? And you're telling me a story of how you're going to take this company to hundreds of millions of dollars. What are you going to do with your success? Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you going to use financial success to reinvest in a better world? Or, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Right, right. And so as much as possible, I and our firm want to understand the motivation and the the real uh, depth of, of caring that's going on because there's a better chance that you're going to – just like you're worried about a vulture capitalist, I'm worried about an exploitive entrepreneur who doesn't really care and is just trying to, right. just trying to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So that's the match that our firm needs mm-hmm. first. We trust you. You trust us. We think you're doing something that matters. You you feel proud, or at least prouder, of the money you're going to get from us rather than mm-hmm. somebody you you don't believe in or trust. Mm-hmm. So that's at the base of it. After that, it's we're the same as any other investor in the sense of: Do you know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Are you able to build a team? Are your emotional skills and your human skills effective? for dealing with conflict, for dealing with stress and pressure. Uh, And do you have the skills? Do you really understand, or are you building around you a team, be that the board, but also staff uh, and your investors, that are intelligently moving you down the playing field, so to speak? Uh, So that becomes, that's the art of of all of this. I would say, right. just like dating, mm-hmm. just like parenting, just like uh, being a good teacher, all all of that, this is just applied to the building of a company and dealing with money. Yeah. It, it's so interesting because, uh, you know, I said, you know, you care about food because you're tasting it, and then you went on to describe a whole bunch of other things. And I think that's such a, a great example that of something that I talk a lot about when I work with entrepreneurs, and that is that um, actually people invest in business models. They don't invest in food in the food per se, right? It's it's the whole context within which that food is being made that is is so determinative of whether the company will make money, whether the mission will be achieved, all those things. That's right. Yeah. Gua- uh, Guayaki is another example, is working on its climate impacts. Mm-hmm. It's working on its relationships with indigenous people in right. South America where the yerba mate tree grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're reinvesting back there. They're looking at the entire cycle and system that ends up with me standing here with a bottle and sipping yerba mate mm-hmm. in Vancouver. And so the, the, the more depth, uh, another company that we're really proud of, uh, Alter Eco, mm. fair, fair Trade Organic Chocolates with uh, other snack products. Their dedication to the small farmers in the Andes that are growing quinoa. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, I said snacks and chocolate, but they also uh, built the company on quinoa and other fair trade products. Uh, they reached the point where they were ready to sell the company. Mm-hmm. And together with us, we went out and searched and we found one of those family offices, mm-hmm. family office being a large family. And a large has office. A, <laughs> yeah. has, yeah. a, has a team that uh-huh. manages its investing. Yep. And so those are a different beast than mm-hmm. a venture capitalist or selling to a big corporation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they want to have a long-term hold. Right. If they, if they get a company that's doing something that matters and is steadily producing uh, revenue to them and, and doing a good job, mm-hmm. they're not as quick to a lot of the a lot of the financial entities in the world are based on moving through growing something very fast and then flipping it or selling mm-hmm. it or taking it public so family office uh, is it can be favorable if you're interested in the long term mm-hmm. so alter eco sold to a family office which 
as part of the transaction, committed to create a foundation hmm. that, the, that the original entrepreneurs will be managing to support the fair trade movement globally. Oh, how wonderful. Isn't that great? That is wonderful. I bet you are proud of that. Yeah, yes. and, and it's it's interesting that, that you, so you invest, you meaning a venture, venture capital fund, invested in a brand and then sold it to a family office. And I just think it's interesting because I would have, what's more natural in my head is the reverse scenario in a way. So it's very, it's very interesting. Well the, well, the truth of it is it's as creative and multifaceted as humans are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and I think we get to be creative uh, around all of this um, to support these these brands that have a larger mission. And uh, you know what I mean? Because the, the make, right. helping the money align with the time horizon of the mission, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, yes, it took uh, various privileged background and access that I had to make a decision like this. But I knew quite a while ago that I wanted any money that I had responsibility for to be involved with making the world better, right? Uh, more fair, cleaner, safer, mm-hmm. and that, that there are plenty of business opportunities involved with overhauling transportation systems, build, how buildings are done, uh, how energy is created, uh, how food is created, how we protect soil, and on and on. Mm-hmm. And we today really do have this choice. Mm-hmm. How we purchase, how we, what bank we choose, how we, how we use whatever financial resources we have. And for those who don't uh, have much financial resource, the good news is that things like organic food uh, you get to a controversial point with the growth of something that was very pure and uh, deeply motivated by caring about soil and and reducing toxics and, and all kinds of important issues. And then you find out Walmart, uh, Walmart now Amazon, uh, uh, Target, you know these, these mm-hmm. big retailers have found that there is a market, and they're getting uh, Walmart. Uh, a couple of years ago, was the biggest seller of organic food in the world. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And so you then go, oh, I don't like Walmart because they do this and that. Right, right. But, but when you think about, could we call it food justice, mm-hmm. uh, who gets to have clean food? Right. Uh, is it good or bad that Walmart is helping the, the scale of organic mm-hmm. food grow and thus getting prices lower right. for people who aren't just... The, the affluent. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a complex world, but um, good news is we're advancing and uh, we're advancing. It is, yeah, yeah. And I just I for one think it's a great thing that um, organics are in a place like like Walmart because of the issues that you talked about and because of the impact, the difference in terms of the environmental impact of of organic food versus non-organic production. Um, yeah. Yeah, the more acres we can get into organic production, the better. Yeah. 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 So you you work in organic food, but it sounds like you're doing some other things too. I do, and I the 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 food interest and that health situation. And right. did I remember? Did I remember to say a friend gave me her kidney eleven years ago? No, you didn't and, remember to say that. That's amazing. Yeah, and everything worked out well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what what this all led me to was to start thinking about because of the kidney as the filter right. of the blood, mm-hmm. and I I realized I need clean blood, and right. we all need clean blood, and I gradually thought about money, like I do food. It's fuel to that causes things to happen, and I'd like to have cleaner money mm-hmm. than, uh, yeah, as well as cleaner food. And so I, a couple of years ago, I, uh, with a, with a, my friend Ty e. Bridge as co-author, wrote a book called The Clean Money Revolution, 
reinventing power, purpose, and capitalism. Mm-hmm. Why not take on? Why not take on a grandiose topic? There's a thing, a big thing to take on. Yeah. And so I've I've uh, I spend a lot of time now uh, looking at the flow of money and how to just the same things we're talking about with organics. How do we get more consciousness attention mm-hmm. to how money is made, grown, placed? How does it affect workers and people all over the planet and the places? And I think that um, I think that uh, the next frontier on organics is what's organic money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you wrote the the book, and what do you think the next frontier is? What does that look like? I guess is a better question. I think that the principles that I've spoken about around food and investing apply, which is where where does it come from, who does it affect, Mm -hmm. and what does it affect. And I'm no longer comfortable just looking at the return rate and then finding out that I'm poisoning other people's babies, Mm -hmm. that I'm employing slave labor. Mm Mm-hmm. That I'm that I'm, uh, I'm I'm creating privatized prisons. I'm I'm in the gun business, you know, and on and on. Mm-hmm. And and just like food was thirty uh, something years ago with those early stories, we're just starting to look at the, that these these questions about mm-hmm. uh, what, what's my bank doing with my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, well, and I think, like, what happened in 2009 really did get people thinking about, wow, I don't think I really want to put my money in the stock market anymore. And, right. Yeah. And I think one of the, when I think, when I see things around here, so Willie Street Co-op is our local co-op here. They they have three stores. They're not a small thing anymore. Um and when they they needed to do remodeling on uh, one of their stores, they did a, a bond offering, um, and um, and that that was their their first one. It went. I think they closed in. I think it was like six weeks. They raised a half a million dollars at five, and the minimum was five hundred dollars. So you can get around all the SEC stuff because they're me- if you're a co-op member, you are an owner, right? So um, they've gone on to buy another store in an underserved um, community, a grocery store that constantly suffered up there in that neighborhood, and they they bought it a couple of years ago and are um, working their way, and it's doing better than they thought it would. It's still not a profitable store for them, but even that that round closed in like six weeks. Well, you've just told a great clean, cleaner money story. Yeah. Isn't that great? And just like we described the growth of of organic foods, this is happening across the landscape now. It remains uh, small, but you, you start small and it spreads. And next thing you know, and this is happening to us in terms of being a fund out raising money Mm -hmm. that, We've hit a critical mass where where the term impact investing, which has kind of become the accepted, that's like the that is the organic right, money ish right. mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But that we we ten years ago when we walked in to pitch someone, they didn't they'd never met anyone who talked about applying values mm-hmm. and meaning and purpose to money. Mm-hmm. And today, as we as we raise money. We run into firms saying, I've got a dozen impact investment venture funds talking to me right now. We're going to be so busy with due diligence research and understanding them. Mm-hmm. We, won't get, we won't even be able to look at you until, until past your deadline. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's crazy, and it's a big success. Yes, it is. It is. And the other the other story, I you probably know know the Iroquois Valley Farms, you know them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so they've finally figured out a way to be able to um allow non-accredited investors to invest cuz I feel like that's kind of the holy grail at the moment. That's right. So that term if you know, yeah. accredited the government in its wisdom 
wants to protect us from being hustled by shysters. And so there's a term that uh, accredited investor that basically says, you've got enough money that that you could lose it, and that's not the end of the world. And you you should be sophisticated enough now not to get hustled by just uh, you know you know by by fraudulent uh, sales of things like swampland and you know, right Florida, right 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 that right. kind of thing and and so so there was a struggle for a lot of years. What that meant was you basically had to be a millionaire mm-hmm. to uh, be able to make these investments, and then things like crowdfunding. And these community bonds that your uh, food store did um, eventually became has become legalized, uh, and there's you know you have to follow certain rules, but there are now a lot of different ways to go to places uh, uh, that 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 put companies up on their platforms, and you can put fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. In, in as an investor mm-hmm. now into a lot of companies. So they say it's a democratization. Uh, I guess what that means is it makes access to more people to get to invest. Um, you just, as you, you, you don't want to, uh, you don't want people to lose their uh, home right. <laughs> investing right. in your company. Mm-hmm. Still want to be thoughtful about that. Right, of course, of course. And and it's um but it but it it was the way things used to be in a way. You know, I always I always sort That's of right. feel like, you know, back in the old days you lived in a town and your kid wanted to open a hardware store and the person who's gonna invest is dad, but it's also probably the another guy who, you know, owns the farm implement store, right? They that we direct invested in other people's businesses much more readily yeah. in the past. That's right. Yeah. And it's also interesting because when I raised money for Tara's Way, so my off- my equity offering was uh, to accredited investors only, and right. I pitched a lot of people, and only one was a woman who was there to invest on her own. And it's I feel like this is another glass ceiling thing for women. You know, it's not that women don't have the money. I don't know. There's something about activating it somehow that. It's an interesting thing. So there are two things I want to say about that. One is there's a massive amount of money that will transfer to women uh, and to young people, Mm -hmm. a lot of it through death Mm -hmm. uh, over this next year. I I estimate in my book that there's $50 trillion in North America alone that will transfer in the next three decades mm-hmm. from elders to youngers. Mm-hmm. That's why this clean money movement uh, has the potential to make great things happen. The second I want to say is that money has been the domain of men for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could get into a long conversation about are there different values and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I believe that we are in the midst of a spiritual evolution mm-hmm. that is now looking at these grand problems of 10 billion people on the planet and mm-hmm. climate change and species collapse and ecological disasters and political disasters. And we are due for and we must have a feminization and inclusivization mm-hmm. And an indigenization of the of the of the economy mm-hmm. in order to make it through the, to the long term. Mm-hmm. And so I firmly believe that feminization. Okay, so that's uh, women and uh, the values that may come from uh, from that gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, inclusivization really refers to we can no longer have the economy just run by one uh one uh, b- uh type of uh of of people mm-hmm. uh we're we're living in very diverse times and we need diverse opinions and inputs uh and we have diverse customers and the indigenization going a little deeper uh we've left behind the values uh 
to a large degree, of land-based people mm-hmm. whose, whose purpose was to see that future generations could thrive. And we've lost a bit of that in modern society also. Mm-hmm. And so those kinds of values um, are going to be necessary if we're going to make it through the period that 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 I believe we're in right now, mm-hmm. and so those are uh, very very important things to think about, to invest in, and to uh, support the conversations around. Yeah, yeah. So what my what what the one the one woman I pitched to, um, what she did was set up a an, a little LLC and brought in a whole bunch of women um, into the LLC so that that entity, because I was an LLC at the time I was raising the money, so that they they could invest together in the company. And it took, you know, it's, my minimum was $100,000, so it took the requirement down so everybody didn't have to write that check for that amount. And it it was just a wonderful entryway for some, to get some, uh, women in our local community it just engaged with equity investing. So, I, you know, it takes baby steps too, right? It does. Things uh, change faster and faster, but it's never as fast as the individual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, want the, I want the world to, you know, this, everything looks pretty obvious to me. Let's clean up our act. Right. I know. It, I get it. But, and it's going to happen. Yeah. It, yeah, I know. And and I'm speaking now, I'm in the Midwest, right? I mean, on the East coast of the United States, you know this because you're in Vancouver, um, just the whole thing people much more readily equity invest. If you owned a garage in San Francisco, you're probably an accredited investor now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not happening in the Midwest. So it is a different culture out here. Um, But on the other hand, we are, our culture around business is much more built around long haul businesses. So this idea of, building a company that you're going to pass to your kids, you're not building it to sell, that is deep in our DNA out here. And that, that's a really important point, that we are, we are losing the values of, of long-term mm-hmm. and of sticking with things. And so much of entrepreneurial culture right now is build and flip. Right. And I, I think that that's – I don't think that's a good – I don't think that's the healthiest way for the for society to work because mm-hmm. well lots of reasons. So it's good to hear that uh, those kinds of values are are uh, staying strong in the Midwest. They they well yeah, I think Wisconsin has the the highest number of family held companies of any state in the country in the United States. It's just a thing. It's this Germanic business I model thing here. Um, but there's there's a lot to be said for it, you know. Um, but you know, modern investors are into this want to see hockey stick stuff, and and that doesn't always lend itself to being able to hold on to a company for a long time. No, and even though there are parts of the economy that can do that, I, it doesn't feel healthy to think of that everything would work that way right. at all. Because there's a lot of damage and side of, mm-hmm. a lot of negative side effects that come from it. Right. Well, and I know it doesn't work in agriculture. So do you guys do investing in ag? We, we that's too hard for us. Yeah. Because there are, you know, there's reasons that people, pe- you can't, it's hard to get in and get, it's hard to get, get back in out. Get in and it's hard to get back out. Yeah, it's really hard to that's get right. back out. Yeah. And so that's important and there should be, if somebody's, wealthy having some portion in agriculture and forests and 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 kind of larger uh, natural resources that are going to be looked at with some wisdom and how they can sustain over the long term rather than of course harvest it all today and leave havoc in right your, for the future wake mm-hmm. yeah and so I think that uh, I think we're as you you know better than me that um, the movement, there's certainly a movement of young people believing that they'd like to have lives of farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I I started out uh, believing I, I I was gardening scale, but All right. I, so you thought you lot, were going to be a farmer at some point? I thought that I would be a farmer. Or I was seriously looking at it, and I stayed as a gardener. 
I I need to have my hands in soil, and I and it's it's just such a it's just such a meaningful experience mm-hmm. to grow your own food and to know what's in it and and to uh, learn about the soil and how things work and watch nature closely that way. Uh, so I think I think that's natural to humans mm-hmm. uh, as a species. Yeah. Um, but but I have to now feel that I'm a farmer uh, in a metaphorical sense. I say I say I'm a gardener of the relational field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that means uh, how do you cultivate uh, good energy, good behavior, uh, good relationships in the in the human realms? Mm-hmm. Because because for better or worse, now humans uh, can pretty much make or break the future of nature. Right, right. So the so your way of doing this is is um I would say like regenerative brands in a way. That's part of what, you know, when you're thinking about brands, that's part of the lens. I would th- just I'm reading right. in a little bit to what you're saying, but yeah. Well, let's say that uh regenerative economy would be the goal. Mhm. Um what does that mean? How do we deal with the increasing structural obstacles to it or the way financial systems work? Um, but we, we, won't, we won't make it if we don't go back to thinking about soil as a, and, and then use that as a metaphor for pretty much human activity. Mm-hmm. Or we, as, as you probably know, we've already, for the first time in history, proven that humans are affecting geological issues <laughs> mm-hmm. and and climate change is going to you know the f- factors of climate change are further accelerating that so we got ourselves in a pickle mm-hmm. we need to uh, look to the natural world to get some principles we need to look at uh, how land-based based people lived and how cultures that have sustained for a long time on lower exploitation of resources and how do we apply that to the modern world mm-hmm. that's that's our that's a, one of our grand challenges yeah wow is this what's in your book by the way is yeah, kind yes. of, yeah. okay so because i'm like wow where do we go if we want to think some more about this and i thought oh i bet it's in his book um <laughs> So yeah, so what you remind me what the the and our listeners what the title of your book is so we can find it. The Clean Money Revolution. The Clean Money Revolution. Awesome. And I'll tell you that it's personal stories. Uh-huh. How did I how did I come to my thinking? Mm-hmm. It's the stories of this movement. I uh, talked about those early organizations and the Natural Foods Expo. Sure, and kind of, yeah. So how, what was the map of that from my own experience? Mm-hmm. I do a, a lot of interviews and stories about other people, entrepreneurs, social change makers. And then, so that's the middle part. And the third part is this kind of call to action mm-hmm. uh, on the ethical and moral uh, how do we how do we be good ancestors for the future mm. and uh, see that there is a safe, clean, fair future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a it's a call to action, and it's not a um, you don't have the solution. No, I do not have the solution, and it's also not a technical book. Right, this is not a a, a business book. It's mm-hmm. attempting to it's but the use of stories and principles, sure. I guess. The valuable part. Yeah, and I have to. I have to say. So when I did Tara's Way, I um I used to say because I I opened we'd launched in the pit of the Great Recession, so we're, it was at a time when, boy, my business colleagues had no idea where their businesses were going. You know, people were losing money left and right in their four hundred one ks. I mean, it sort of felt like this incredible downward spiral. And yeah. I was starting this this whey protein, this organic whey protein brand mm. and company, and um, I felt like I was in an alternative universe because everybody wanted our product. Our, our company grew really fast. You know, mm-hmm. we had a green plant. People were really interested in that. So it, it was like... I, I just felt like I was in an alternate universe, and and it was such a, a, a affirming thing, and it remains an affirming thing for me because I do think that 
um, businesses like the impact businesses that you guys are screening for um, have an incredible opportunity to change the world. We really do. I'm glad to find a fellow traveler yeah. in that belief system because I think that the power of money, business, and finance uh, can be used for very bad things and it can be used to repair the world. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So I am wondering if we have missed anything. Well, there's got to be some mysteries left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if there's no mystery, yeah, I don't, I know. What's the intrigue in life with no mystery? Um, uh, I, I, I mean, of course we have, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you, you've, you've covered, you, I'd say the distillation of whatever I have to say shows up in a book now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, and you and I should, let's just keep doing more, po- more podcasts. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah, no, seriously. I'm going to be, I'm going to be speaking on at Expo West this year and maybe I'll see you there. That, that, I'll be, I'll be, uh, in the 5,000, in the looking area. at five thousand booths, <laughs> no, the, well, the five thousand zone, you know, where the organic food. Comes oh, sure, <laughs> right, 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 exactly, yeah. Or, or in the the bit what used to be the basement, like when the first year I was there, I was I was like way in the back of the back room where all the little companies were, and I was like, oh my god, nobody's going to find me down here. What am I? Why did I even come? And it turns out that that's where everybody goes because that's well, where all the was, cool stuff is, right? I was going to say the five thousands are not really. That's just the wall. Through, but uh, the basement and then the uh, upper levels in that new building where all the innovative stuff is. Right, 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 exactly. We kind of ignore the rest of it, and yeah, all the action is down there. So, yeah. Well, hey, this has been great. Thanks so much for calling in, and um, I look forward to talking to you more in the future. Well, I've, I've so appreciated it. You're, uh, you have a very lovely interview style. And so thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org. Thank you.